Hi everyone, I'm MJ and my husband Apoc and I are planting a church in Anaheim Hills, California called Zion Church. Our mission at Zion is to create spaces for God to dwell and for hearts to be transformed by the love of Jesus. So whether you're here for the first time or you're joining us again, we want to thank you for tuning in. If you're looking for a church community or are wanting to partner with the mission of Zion, there are two ways you can do so. The first one is joining the launch team. As we continue to connect and serve our community both in person and online, we are needing your help. You can join the team by going to zionchurch.live launch. Second, you can become a financial supporter. We understand that we cannot do this alone. As a church, we believe that we don't just meet to meet, we meet to meet the needs. And in order to effectively meet those needs, it requires the generosity of people like you and me. You can go to zionchurch.live slash give to become a financial supporter. On behalf of our entire Zion family, we want to say thank you. Hi everyone, I'm APOC and my wife and I are the lead pastors of Zion Church. If you're joining us for the first time or if you are part of the Zion family, welcome. We are so happy to have you. Let me pray for today's message. Jesus, we are so grateful for the opportunity to gather together, to know you more through the study of your Holy Scriptures. Holy Spirit, help me to preach the gospel clearly with grace and love. Open our minds, our hearts, and our ears to receive your message with gladness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, we kicked off our Advent series called The Good News of Christmas. We titled it The Good News of Christmas because the good news, the gospel, starts with Advent. Advent means the coming. And in the Christian church calendar, it is the period where we prepare for the celebration of the birth of Jesus at Christmas. But also, it's a call to prepare for the second coming of Christ. We are focusing as a church on three central Advent themes during this series. Anticipation, decoration, and celebration. Our hope is that you would learn um, the true meaning of Advent because it's easy for us to get lost in the food, the ugly sweater parties, and the long lines at the mall and reduce Christmas to these things or to a day. But Christmas is so much more than that. As Christians, we are invited to celebrate Advent for the four Sundays prior to Christmas. And we started our series last week with the theme of anticipation. The Advent theme of anticipation is a reminder of pain, of grief, and longing we all face, and how that longing points us to Jesus one thing I love about celebrating Advent is that Advent invites us to wrestle with our pain and grief, not ignore it. And I think one of the dangers we face as believers is trying to ignore or suppress our feelings during the holidays. I want to help someone by letting you know that it's okay. More importantly, it's spiritually healthy to experience pain and grief and yet at the same time, be able to celebrate the goodness of God that has sustained us. The theme of anticipation reminds us to trust God even when we don't see Him. 
And we studied the book of Micah chapter 5. This is a story where God gave the people of Israel the prophecy of the Messiah. But we pointed out how it took over 700 years for the birth of Jesus to occur. I can't imagine the disappointment of waiting not just years, but generations for the Messiah to arrive. It can feel like that for us too. As we await his return, the restoring of all things, as we await our healing, our our unanswered prayers, we sit in the waiting of God's timing. And we covered three main truths about trusting while we wait. Truth number one, Just because I don't see God doesn't mean God isn't present. Number two, just because I don't see God doesn't mean God isn't listening. And three, just because I don't see God doesn't mean God isn't working. These three truths led us to ask, can I trust God when it seems like he is delaying? I want to encourage you today with something we mentioned last week. There's an old church saying that we grew up hearing on the pews of our church. God is never early or late, but he is always on time. Romans chapter 5 verse 6 says, For while we were still weak at the right what time Christ died for the ungodly. Come on, can we thank God for his timing. Thank you, Jesus. I feel churchy today. This is why we call it the good news of Christmas, because this is good news. So today I want to teach on the Advent theme of decoration. One of the things I love most about Christmas is decorating our home and Christmas tree. We get our boxes out from storage and take out all of our Christmas decoration. We play Christmas music, make some coffee, and begin to decorate our tree. We've got ornaments that we've collected over the years. And after we're done, of course, we share it proudly on Instagram. Christmas decorating fills me with so much joy. Now, I know what I'm about to say might cause an uproar, but I am a fan of Christmas decorating right after Halloween. Our theology in our home is that we can mesh Christmas and Thanksgiving together because, well, we love Christmas, and Christmas is all about Jesus. So if you disagree, take it up with Jesus. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I kid. But I want you to picture this. Imagine getting a Christmas tree like this and refusing to decorate it or decorating it with anything but Christmas decorations. If it's a real tree, neglecting to water it or allowing it to dry off and die in your home. The Advent theme of decoration is a call to examine ourselves, to take inventory of our lives, our, our thoughts, our habits, our prejudice, our indifferences, our partiality, and the hard truth of our sins and realize that we have adorned our hearts with them. It's an opportunity to allow the Holy Spirit to enter our hearts and actively transform us into the image of Jesus. This process is known as the process of sanctification. So I want you to write this down. 
The theme of decoration is a reminder that God is more interested on how we are doing on the inside more than how we appear on the outside. Let's read what the Bible says about this. I want you to go to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 3 and 4. It says, Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair, the putting on of gold jewelry, or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. I read these verses to make the case God is more interested on how we are doing on the inside than how we appear on the outside. You know, we live in a world where appearances are everything. We sometimes go at great lengths, even into debt, in order to convey something or someone we are not. We purchase things we don't need or cannot afford in order to impress people. And the body of Christ is guilty of this too. As Christians, we have even created verbiages like wear your Sunday best without realizing language like this further perpetuates this culture. But Jesus invites us to reframe our mind and focus on our emotional and spiritual health first. You know, this isn't a message calling people to only focus on the inside. It's not a message saying that you shouldn't wear good clothes or drive a Tesla. This is a call to put our emotional and spiritual health first. And we do that when we focus on adorning or decorating our hearts with the fullness of Christ. So how do we make room for the Holy Spirit to decorate our hearts during this Advent season? One of the most powerful ways that I believe, it's through prayer. The theme of decorating today will be a teaching on prayer. I want to teach you on prayer. Prayer has the power to heal and form us. Over the years, I've heard uh, many people ask me things like, Hey, Punk, how can I make prayer easier? Or how long should I pray? As believers, we must understand that prayer isn't a discipline that we master. It's a discipline that forms us. Also, when it comes to the length of our prayers, I always say that quality of a prayer is always better than the quantity. So if you're wondering how long or often we should be praying, my answer is simple, often. Now that we have established the importance of prayer, I want to teach you four prayer movements that I want and I want to invite you to incorporate in your prayer time that will facilitate radical spiritual decoration. My hope is that we would meet God in a powerful way this Advent season through prayer. So the first prayer movement I want to teach you is the movement of silence. Silence. Psalms 37 verse 7 says this, be silent before the Lord and wait expectantly for him. Do not be agitated by the one who prospers in his way, by the man who carries out evil plans. 
Zephaniah chapter 1 verse 7 says, Be silent before the Lord, for the day of the Lord is near. If you are married or if you have deep-rooted friendships, then you know silence is the result of intimacy in the relationship. MJ and I have been married for almost 14 years, and we have come to enjoy the beauty of being near each other in silence. We have reached a level of intimacy where we don't need to fill every second with words. You know, I read a book this year that included the story of an interview with Mother Teresa. The interviewer asked Mother Teresa the secret of such a strong prayer life. I'm going to paraphrase the interview, but he asked her something along the lines of, what do you say to God during prayer? Her response, nothing. I just listen. Puzzled, the interviewer followed up by asking, well, what does God say to you during prayer? Her answer, Nothing. He just listens. What a profound outlook on prayer. I pray you can see the power of what I just shared. One thing I'm most grateful about this year is incorporating silence into my prayer time. I was always one of those who felt the need to just go 100 in prayer. I couldn't stand being silent. I saw it as a sign of spiritual immaturity. But I now see the beauty of my silent times. If you're interested in adding silence to your prayer time, I recommend you start with one, two minutes of silence and stillness and see it as a, as a moment of centering our hearts or your heart to God. The second prayer movement I want to teach you is the movement of Scripture. So we've got silence, we've got Scripture. Joshua 1.8 says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Psalms chapter 1, verse 3, one of my favorite passages, says, Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of the sinners, nor sits, uh, nor, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like the tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and all that he does he prospers. 2 Timothy Second uh, Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 says all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching for reproof for correction for and for training in righteousness. Adding scripture to your prayer time will move you from simply studying the Bible to allowing it to transform you. Zion Church, please don't miss this. The primary focus of studying the Bible shouldn't be for us to defend it. God didn't call us to become academic Bible scholars. If we are reading the Bible 
in not being challenged and convicted to become more like Jesus, then we are missing the point. I want to encourage you today. Allow scripture to confront you, to convict you, convict you, and for God to tear down the walls and rebuild you. The third prayer movement I want to teach you is the movement of selected quotes or devotionals. Proverbs 11 verse 14 says, Where there is no guidance, the people fall. But in abundance of counselors, there is victory. Proverbs 12, 15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. Proverbs 15, verse 22, Without consultation, plans are frustrated, but with many counselors, they succeed. You know, there is a benefit in reading the words of great men and women who have gone before us or who are further in their faith. For the last decade, I have invested in a 365 daily devotional book from various authors. As the end of each year approaches, I reflect on the things I've read and journaled and praise God for the growth and healing I've experienced throughout the year. But I also take time to make an inventory of my current spiritual health and see the areas God is wanting for me to grow and heal in. I then purchase a devotional book that will help me on that journey for the next year. I've purchased devotional books that focus on leadership growth. Other years, I've done spiritual healing, um, some on faith, some on grace. But time and time again, these devotionals provide a space for the counsel of others to become the very words God is wanting for me to hear. A personal preference, I like finding devotional books that include scripture references, a question at the end, and space for me to journal. That way, it can help me with my, my second and third prayer movement, but also help with the last prayer movement I'm about to share. The fourth and last prayer movement I want to teach you is the movement of self-reflection or prayer. 2 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 says this, Pray without ceasing. Short and simple. James chapter 5, verse 16 says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Notice that the last prayer movement finally invites us to open our mouths to pray. This is because prayer is so much more than us reciting words, or uh, bringing a, a list of needs. It's an invitation to slow down, listen to God, and respond if needed. I want to finish by asking you a series of questions in a hope that it can help you take spiritual inventory of your heart. How are your times and rhythms with God? Think about that. 
Do you find yourself being more concerned about what others think or how you appear more than your emotional and spiritual health? Have you been harboring resentment, suppressing grief, or ignoring pain that you need to come to terms with today? If your answers were not good, yes, and yes, I want to encourage you because you are now one decision away from allowing God to redecorate your heart. Just like decorating our homes and trees during Christmas, the Advent theme of decoration is an invitation to examine ourselves, to take inventory of our lives, our thoughts, our habits, our prejudice, our indifferences, our partiality, and the hard truth of our sins and realize that we have adorned our hearts with them. It's an opportunity to allow the Holy Spirit to enter our hearts and actively transform us into the image of Jesus. So let me pray for you today. Dear Jesus, thank you for reminding us about the power of prayer during Advent. Father, forgive us for being more interested in the things we possess and the way we appear more than the condition of our heart. For that, we repent. We pray for your forgiveness in the name of Jesus. We make the decision today to make this Advent a time to examine ourselves, to take inventory of our lives, our thoughts, our habits, our indifferences, and our sins. God, we confess that we have adorned our hearts with them, and we make the decision today, all these things from our lives. Holy Spirit, we cannot do this without you. Enter our hearts and transform us in the name of Jesus. Now I want to invite everyone listening to pray a prayer of gratitude with me. God, we thank you. Thank you for making us new. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you because we have immediate access to you through the work of Jesus. That's the good news of Christmas. And now we pray in faith. God, I declare someone is receiving their healing. I declare someone grieving is being comforted right now. I declare chains are being removed right now in the name of Jesus. We are now being decorated with the righteousness of Christ. And we say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, before I say goodbye, I want to give someone who has never given their life to Jesus to do it today. Maybe you're, you've heard about Jesus, but you don't follow him. And there's something inside of you after hearing today's message that's nudging you. I believe it's the Holy Spirit. God wants to use your story, your life, right now to make a difference. But it all starts by asking Jesus into your life. So would you pray this with me? Heavenly Father, I come to you today to give you my whole life. I need your forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Make me brand new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. 
that I would have the power to know you, to serve you, to follow you. My life is not my own. God, I give it to you. Thank you for new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or if you have a testimony to share about today's message, we'd love to hear it. Email us at info at zionchurch.life. Well, may the Lord bless you and keep you. And let's keep creating spaces for God to dwell. God bless y'all.